Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda Yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Namaste, welcome everyone. Ishwari, thanks for joining us. Great to see you. Awesome. Tejavan, I know you've been trying to get to this class for a while. Wonderful to see you here. Awesome. Shoshone, good to see y'all. Welcome back. Tara, good to see you. Looking good. I like the, the hair down. That's cool. I don't usually get to see that. Very nice. Omkari, it's been so fun seeing you so regularly. Just your schedule must have opened up. It's awesome. Bob, it's been about 30 minutes since I've seen you. Wonderful. Anju, nice deep bow at the beginning. That was pretty sweet. Marcella, looking forward to working with you next week. Creative consciousness writing class with Marcella and myself. And Roseanne, our, our good friend and landscaping manager here. All right. Hey, Yogita. How's it going? All right. So we are back to the Vigyana Bhairava. It's been a while because we've got sort of a cool rotation of classes going on right now. I hope you're enjoying it. I know I am. Um, and so we got Vigyana Bhairava class happening right now. Next week, we'll be doing the creative consciousness writing class. Um, following that will be teaching moments. Jatila and I will be presenting mostly Jatila there. And then um, we'll have the effortless effort yoga class with Abaya. So it's a pretty cool four-week rotation. Um, let me know how it's going for you. I always love to hear about that. But for tonight, we are back in the Vigyana Bhairava, and we are picking up where we left off, which is all the way at Dharana number two. We are going, we have done one of them uh, because we're so thorough and there's so much preparation. Um, and so Dharana. Actually, dharanas one, two, three, and four all revolve around the breath. You can all just take a breath there through the nose. I'll try to do that myself too. So the breath, the ceaseless pulsation, um, and the first four dharanas uh, take us through a progressive sort of step-by-step -step, um, training ground to be able to use our breath to realize, as the dharana will say tonight, our true nature. The first dharana mostly talks about the actual pulsation of the inhale and exhale itself. We talked about hamsa a lot there, found sort of new levels in that. The dharana for tonight, the second one is going to talk about the turn of the breath. And then the third starts to talk about the fusion of the pause between each breath. That's fusion. Tejvan, I, I know he just lit up a little. He's like, fusion. And uh, no, he's like, that's not my department. And the fourth dharana takes us to uh, leaning a little into that pause. And so disclaimer, as always, um, it should be noted that in the Shambhavananda tradition, and to be perfectly honest, uh, from, you know, well, the, the tradition, meaning like all the teachers leading up and the philosophies leading up, to our tradition, it is always recommended 
to when you're approaching the pause between the breath to, to really try to make sure it's natural. Um, it's hard for the mind as soon as you say something to not do it. And so when you're talking about the pause, you just want to pause the breath to feel it. Um, but it really misses the point. And to be honest, it sort of misses the Shakti. Um, when you approach it with this a little bit more patience and trying to let the pause come to you, it pushes you to work in a much more thorough way. And that thoroughness usually yields a much deeper experience. Sure, we can all pause our breath. You can hold your breath. You can generate a feeling you know, from that. But it's not really from what I've gathered from personal practice and also from the, the text, uh, what we're after. We're after something much deeper. Um, and so always sort of look at the pause in a natural way. And if you ever feel like it's unnatural, like, oh, I'm short of breath or it feels, you know, step back, be willing to do that. So I'm going to actually put the darn on the screen. We're going to sit with it for a minute or so. Make sure you're comfortable in your seat. And then we're going to read it, sit with it for a minute, and then we're going to go through it. And then we're going to sit with it again. Just make sure you're in a seat that's suitable for breathing. And I'm going to let this just sort of land. I'm going to let you work with it organically. I'm not going to get in the way of any of the teaching here. This is Paul Rep's translation of Dharana 2. As breath turns from down to up, and again as breath curves from up to down, through both these turns, realize. As breath turns from down to up, and again as breath curves from up to down, through both these turns, realize. Right. So we're going to continue looking and talking about that, but I wanted to give you time to work with it on your own. So as we see here, we begin our exploration of the pause, not with a pause at all, right? But by watching the turn. And so you can imagine this turn like a pendulum, which I We'll show in the picture form here, even though you probably know how to imagine a pendulum uh, or Newton's cradle, sort of a, a, a nice pendulum concept. Um, 
And so when this pendulum swings in one direction and you watch it closely enough, it slows and begin and, and slowly begins to swing in the other direction. And you actually have to ask yourself, like, when does it actually stop? And when you act, when you inquire into the math of that moment, it proves to be a little complex. It's actually really challenging to know exactly when that pause occurs. And it would almost be impossible to pinpoint it like timing wise to know, even if you could do the math. Because as it approaches the end of the swing, the speed gets slower and slower, the movement gets smaller and smaller, and the pause where it takes place is almost imperceptible. It would be like, and that's the image right there, it would be like cutting a cake into slices. And you first you cut it in half, and then you cut it in quarters, then you cut it in eighths, then you cut it in sixteenths, then you cut it in 30 seconds, then you cut it in 64ths. Imagine 64 slices in a cake. It would start to get pretty thin but it gets thinner and thinner. The idea is as that, as that pendulum sort of swings out, the movement gets smaller and smaller, the slices of the cake get thinner and thinner until almost infinitely thin. And then that's the moment the pause occurs. When is that moment? There's no point in trying to approach that moment from the mind or even from a calculation. It's going to be an experience. It's going to require... Um, a lot of awareness and it will probably just arrive right it'll just arrive that experience now jai deva singh comments in the sutra or on the in the starna um that this is really the point you know where the inhale and exhale sort of cease to exist um and he says there's sort of an upsurge of energy at this moment uh, perhaps it's that you know, that wormhole that we've all heard about, you know, in the tradition where you get a glimpse of your true nature. And so we've got just a little quote here from Jaideva Singh. Um, Tej, uh, you're the mathematician. I'm going to have you start us off by reading this quote, even though it's not very mathematical. Okay. By the Anusandhana, or one-pointed awareness of these two pauses, the mind becomes introverted and the activity of both prana and apana ceases. And there is the upsurge of madhya dasa, i.e. the path of the madhya nadi or shashuna becomes open. Thanks. One pointed awareness of these two pauses stills the mind and the activity of the breath. And at that point, there's an upsurge of vertical or just spiritual energy, that there's an opening that occurs within us at that point, when our awareness is there to, to glimpse it. But as I was saying before, this isn't really a point that our minds can grasp, or even physically that we can grasp. It's a state that arrives as we watch it. And we have to watch this pendulum swing, or the breath rather, with pauseless effort. If you remember that prayatna sadaka, pauseless effort of the yogi 
uh, brings attainment. That was from, I think, Shiva Sutra, either 2.3 or 3.2. I have sort of a dyslexic memory in that one. Um, but nonetheless, we see that again here uh, as Swami Lakshmanju describes the effort that it takes to witness this pause. Um, Tara, would you read this short quote? Let me just pop it up there. When you maintain uninterrupted awareness of these two voids, by this way of treading on this process, the formation of Bhairava is revealed. Thank you. Uninterrupted awareness of these two spaces, these voids. And by that treading of the process, by that path, when you walk that path, uh, your true nature is revealed. Uninterrupted awareness is not something we can just decide to do. Uh, it is something that we practice doing. And in that way, the dharana becomes really a practice ground. The beauty of this dharana is that it, it actually really compels you to do the work um, that the pause that we might be seeking you, is a progressive experience. Um, and so we're told to focus instead of on the pause, on the slowing, the turning, the changing, that sort of uh, that space at, right at the very end. And what I found is that you can uh, sort of bridge up to that that work by actually doing a little bit of work with the body um, first, like uh, yoga postures with this in mind. Um, so we're going to do Robin's breath together, like actually we did two weeks ago with Anju. Um, and what we're going to do is just try to watch as we approach that end point of each movement, right? Because Robin's breath is really easy to sync up with your breath. So you've got this physical movement that's going to have an end point and it's your arms are almost like the end of the pendulum. And if you can watch it all the way to that end point and really pay attention, not to like, oh, I'm stopping my arms, like I'm stopping my breath, but to really let the body and the breath have that, that moment when things really are tapering down infinitely, which they really are, um, then then it helps you sort of feel and have respect for that space, right? So we'll do that a few times, then we'll rest the arms. And then we'll sort of continue with almost like a pranayama. Uh, the idea being that when you're doing Robin's breath, you are sort of pushing and pulling the breath a little bit, right? When you rest the arms, you can keep, you know, with that little bit more efforted breathing, it's nothing extreme by any means. It's just more than normal because that will also help you feel those endpoints. And then from there, we can taper down our effort and start to feel what the pendulum swing really feels like with our natural breath. So we'll do this for maybe five minutes, and then we'll do a free write about it, and then we'll have plenty of time for comments and discussion. Any questions or comments before we do that? All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to start with hands of the heart. It's a natural place to begin. Now I'm actually going to bring the dharana up on the screen.
and feel the natural pulsation of the breath. You can smooth it out. One-pointed awareness was referred to in Jai Davis Singh's comment, an uninterrupted awareness in Lakshman Jews. With the hands of the heart, it's, you know, it's easy to visualize that one-pointed awareness. And we'll begin with exhaling as the arms go forward. This sort of gets the ball rolling or swinging, so to speak. Then the inhale as the arms come apart. Feel that moment as the pendulum swings and the exhale comes forward. Now you're going to really have to follow your own breath here. And you can just stay out in Robin's breath. Just start, just breathe out here with the arms a few times. You don't have to come back to the heart unless you want to. But just try to feel these arms and your breath like a pendulum. And play with that last moment, the infinite cake slices of movement that get smaller and smaller. Be in no rush to pause, but seek out the progressively smaller movements. You can even imagine that maybe there is no pause. Just a couple more here with the arms. And the next time the arms come forward, you can bring them into the heart with an inhale. And then just let them relax down. We're going to keep going with this motion in our spine. So from here now, the hands can slit or slide towards you on the thighs, um, tractioning on the legs a little to help you gently lift the heart. And as you exhale, they, the hands push forward and down on the thighs, tractioning just very gently as you round the back. Try not to over-round in the upper back here. The thoracic spine doesn't really need a lot of rounding. Try to imagine this being sort of equally spread out through the lumbar and thoracic and cervical spine, the whole spine. Remember, this really isn't about the back bending. It's about the progressively smaller movements. And now let these motions that you're doing right now become smaller and smaller. Similar to the end of the breath, to the end of the swing. Don't stop this all at once. You'll miss the benefits. Imagine this is like a pendulum swinging back and forth. And I really realize how long that would take. I guarantee it would take longer than you want it to take if it was really swinging in front of you. You would probably even think of walking away and coming back. It would take that long especially as it gets into that smaller space. Eventually the hands sort of stop gliding and just the spine and the breath are moving together. You can bring the thumb and forefinger together and again, keep your emotion going subtly. Really try to be real here with how long this would take. And ideally, you won't really have to stop your motion. 
you will simply arrive at a balanced in-between space, a nice buoyant posture. And from there, you always can take your time. You start to feel the breath as physically as you felt your body. And at first, it's totally fine to smooth out and slightly lengthen the breath, just like you did before. And with this smoothing out of the breath and the lengthening out of the breath, this is like the pendulum swinging. And how we actually arrive at a natural breath flow requires as much patience as how we arrived at physical stillness a moment ago. If you're anything like me, the minute you really look at the breath, you sort of change it. And so one of the only ways to really arrive at a natural breath pace is to use a little less effort with each successive breath. And this darn, I will help you with that. Because as you watch the breath turn from down to up and curve from up to down, through both these turns, realize, experience, Through both these turns, realize.
Sometimes you'll find that you only watch one half of the turn. Like the moment coming down, the exhale to that moment of, of stillness. But then also watch after that, as it turns back up. Feel both sides. Feel the whole turn. Anticipate and know that the breath will come back ceaselessly. It can sometimes be easy to maintain awareness for the first half of a practice. Almost like running laps or swimming laps in a pool. But there will always be a transition, almost like a turn in your practice, that second half. You have to maintain awareness. This might be that moment for you. What does it take to continue to notice these turns of the breath? Look at it as a training ground. You're building spiritual muscle and endurance.
keep your efforts steady. Not racing for the finish line, but just steady in each breath. Through both these turns, realize Experiment with less effort. Can this practice become more natural? Steady, effortless, just a couple more minutes through both these turns, realize.
Initiate a little movement into your spine again. And we're going to move from this space to the space of reflection. This will be a, our free writing portion for class. So hopefully you have a pen and, and paper nearby and you can do it by hand. I know that's not always possible. But as the eyes open and we re-enter the waking state, the sutras tell us that it's meant to dissolve an experience so that you have to sort of reach back in for it. And so as you're writing, try to feel the breath, try to feel the turn. And just let yourself comment on what you found challenging or successful about the practice, questions you might have, reflections, it's up to you. I'm going to put on some uh, music that we often use for journaling um, in, in our upper level trainings. It seems pretty soothing. You're always welcome to mute if you're not into that.
letting yourself conclude your thought. Looking back through uh, and reading what you wrote. Underlining something that stands out to you. And for fun, dropping a keyword into the chat box. Um, Whoa, we got some good stuff. Let's let's start talking here. Um minuscule vastness freshness unlocked consciousness hummingbirdness opening inner space dissolving boundaries pendulum hang time A gentle surprise. Portal to unmanifest. Allow. Where is natural? As I watch my breath, mantra is automatic. Too many distractions. Reps. All right. Well, without further ado, would anyone like to elaborate on their keyword? Uh, Kirtana raised your hand here. And I apologize if I missed anybody. I was looking. Um, here we go. All right, there, she, there they are. This actually reminded me of a poem that I wrote a while back. And it goes, the sky that holds the stars does not seek oneness with a star, a dust cloud, a black hole to it is minuscule. The God that holds a soul thinks one day they will see the vastness of their existence in their oneness with me. The dirt that holds the worm nourishes worm the same, yet spits it topside when it rains or drowns it in a sea. The God that holds a soul exchanges energy with seekers who want to receive regardless if ready. The wind that blows tall grass moves it so softly that the grass may think it dances free of help from anything. The God that holds a soul is sky and dirt and stars, it's wind and worms and grass, and best, it's deep within your heart. 
And I thought of this poem because when I was meditating, it was like, it's such a small moment, yet it's like this doorway to everything like we've been taught. And I was just kind of thinking of that experience and it reminded me of that poem. So I wanted to share. Snaps. Thank you. Well, that was a wonderful comment. Thank you. Derived from like hours of work. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Um, that was fantastic. Yeah, couldn't. Anybody else got a poem they want to share? Bob has one. All right. Well, I apologize for not commenting more there. It feels like you really just said it all. Like you said it and then you elaborated on it and then you synthesized it all the way down to the, the main point. So thank you so much. All right. Beautiful. <laughs> all right, Bob, go for it. Okay. And uh, I just love all the honesty and Ishvari, I know what you mean. Uh, I've been there before. Um, all right, so I had written this maybe, what, two months ago and just never read it, but uh, I wrote, the pauses in the breath sneak up on you. Merely stopping the breath with your willpower is not the same thing. The surprise of recognizing the stillness is a door to joy. Um, it can also begin as a moment of sudden apprehension, like a friend sneaking up from behind. Once you realize the friend within, an experience of, the light, of lightness blooms in the heart and fills the space from heart to crown. Thanks, Bob. I'm just sort of playing with that feeling of the pause sort of sneaking up on me. That's really helpful because it really it helps you feel the approach and not get so ultra focused on when it happens because the whole point is it's not it's almost mathematically impossible to know when it's going to happen, much less to actually know each breath. That's that's really helpful. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the first time Kumbaka happened to me, I was a little bit like scared. I was like, oh, my breath stopped. Huh, I wonder when it's going to go. Gosh, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll just sit with it. And uh, But I was like, gee, I hope it starts up again at some point. It, it really was scary for me, but um, once I understood it a little better, it was more like, ah, this again, wonderful. Yeah, you touch on a good point. It's like really the, the experience we're seeking is definitely, it needs to arrive and even then it won't be what we thought. Right. And then it's like we actually have to surrender even in that moment. And then it takes repetitions of even that experience to make it productive. Thanks, Bob. A lot of a lot of depth there. I wanted to also read Shoshone's key words, unless this is one person's, but could be everyone's. Anyway, go, next, haste, arriving, foretelling, fresh, eyes so bright, 
emanating light exhilaration. Any other volunteers to elaborate on their keywords? Anju, and then we had a hand up here, but go for it, Anju. Hey everybody. So one thing that stood out to me, like going back to the quotes from Klaus, that I'm not sure how I never noticed this before, but I always saw the pauses as the same, right? You breathe, you pause, you breathe, you pause. And they really highlighted that it was two pauses. So something's okay. different <laughs> in these pauses. And I never really absorbed that before. So all these years of doing Hamsa and, and so many breath exercises, this was the first time I really allowed just the observation of that difference. And so that really drew me to this, you know, sensation of freshness because I realized the pauses up and down are different, but every single pause is actually different and new because my breath is never the same. And the experience of it was never actually the same. It was the whole time I was experiencing something new. I never had one moment that was the same as the other. And that really just pulled me in in a different way tonight. So something that maybe was really obvious <laughs> was not obvious to me. So I just wanted to share that. Wow, thank you. Yeah, I could even feel, and just you telling that made me sort of uh, freshen my own perspective on those two distinct pauses and realizing, yes, they both have slightly different flavor, a slightly different personality, a slightly different experience. So that's so what's wonderful about sharing in this setting where people, where we really are meditating, we're maintaining inner focus and and sharing about our experiences, it, it actually like opens up your experience like you'll you'll meditate with a little bit more awareness the next time you sit or even while you're sitting right now because of what someone has shared from their experience so thank you Andrew. we've got a comment here i'm going to switch the camera might have to lean a little here you go um can you hear me Cool. Um, the image that you gave us of like the cutting of the cake, like infinitely smaller and smaller, um, is what impacted my work the most. And it was so cool how, I mean, I wasn't trying to use it, but you just planting that seed, like as you were teaching and as I was working with the Dharana. Like I could feel as I was going towards that turn of the breath, how it just got like subtler and subtler and subtler, like infinitesimally and how to stay with it and not get distracted. It was like my focus and my awareness had to like get subtler and subtler and subtler. And it was really fun and really exciting. Like it almost felt like a trick <laughs> like okay if I can just like keep all my focus and like stay with it I'll have this magic trick of like honing my awareness um and the reason I put the word hummingbird <laughs> is 
because once my awareness was honed, I felt like I could keep that like heightened awareness through the sort of more obvious part of the breath. And I was like, oh, this is probably what it's like when a hummingbird is watching us slow humans do life. And it's like my heightened awareness in that like grosser, more obvious part of the breath was, I felt like I was like inside of it with a lot more um, perspective. So anyway, thanks. That was really powerful. Wow. That was like a really um, descriptive, again, another comment that really took us through like a whole spectrum of you know here's the teaching here's my experience here's the way to visualize it wow yeah there's a lot of power in um it's funny it seems like the cake's getting smaller and smaller and smaller would mean the experience is getting smaller but that is inverted right it's like our experience of the waking state is getting smaller and smaller, which as Lakshmanju commented once in the Shiva Sutras, he said that the, the waking state seems like it's full of awareness. Like we seem like, oh man, I'm like full. I look at, I can look around the room and see all this stuff, but it's, it's the awareness of duality. So it's, it's, it's like this, it's like awareness of limitation essentially. And the subtler states where it seems like things are almost blurry. I don't, I don't know, do I feel this, you know, like, you know, that is actually awareness of non-duality, awareness of your being. And so even a little bit of awareness there is gigantic compared to a lot of awareness in the waking state. Like Kirtana's phrase that they put minuscule vastness. Right. That like, you know. <laughs> Working together. <laughs> yeah, Yogita. Well, you know, I've been working on my 1008 um, Mala Mantra, and I got to a, I, I was having trouble not having doership with doing mantra. I was doing and doing it, and I was, I, I got tired. And I finally, last night, I just stopped and started watching my breath. And then, the the mantra just came automatically and i didn't have to do mantra anymore because it was part of the breath and that's what i was feeling tonight anyway so uh, amazing like i'm just it's just so i just want to like breathe right now just so i can see what will unlock you know Yeah. I mean, there's so much going on inside of us constantly. There's so, there's like a life force, there's a pulsation. I mean, there's this sun that Babaji says is radiating. And um, we, I, I, you know, often will approach my life with the idea that I have to bring all that energy to the situation. I have to bring all that. And, uh, and it's not, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like, a, you know, work hard, do good work, but there's also a balance, especially when you start to notice yourself overdoing it, or we really do have to swing the pendulum back the other way. And then, you know, we achieve that 
that middle state where it's still going to take effort to even maintain that awareness like you did yogita yet it's like an, a sustainable effort it's an effort that seems to be rejuvenating it's an effort that you feel like is benefiting you um and that's a you know, wonderful effort i mean and it's still effort you know it's effortless effort you know, as we know thanks that's amazing i'm glad I, yeah how is your uh Sankalpa going i'm on number 381 <laughs> I start, I, it, it's my 10th day yeah awesome well it's fun to be on the journey with you y'all might not know but um uh two teaching moments presentations from now yogita is going to be presenting on her experience with this 1008 mantra sankalpa and i think it's something that all of us can really you know partaken we're all you know working on some kind of sankalpa and so i'm sure what she will derive from that will support us but thanks yogita i do have one last thing i want to leave you with uh has it already been an hour what um i hope y'all enjoyed the format tonight i know it was only gonna be a five minute meditation but then i was like nope this is it and i feel like i'm gonna stick with that format of going after right there in the middle um but I wanted to leave you with this last thought of bringing this into your, li your life. Um, one sec. I think it's this slide. Yeah. Okay. And then for the people in the room, I always leave them out. So hold on. So the idea is that what this turn of the breath is also a turn that takes place all around us every day in the form you know, of our activities. And I just, you can understand this almost if you zoom out and think of the seasons. Um, so you've got summer and winter, which sort of represent the ends of that pendulum swing, or uh, the analogy is going to break apart here in a second. But <laughs> the idea is that you've got this experience of winter and you've got this experience of summer. And those are like the defining aspects. That's so like the inhale and the exhale. But then you've got a turn between them. You've got fall and spring. You know, you've literally got this turn that occurs in nature. Um that sort of represents this in-between space. They're shorter, right, than the other seasons. I actually didn't look that up. I'm pretty sure they are. It's funny that I wouldn't know that. Isn't that interesting? But nonetheless, um, this turn happens on the seasonal level. It happens in our day. You know, when you go from, uh, when you wake up in the morning, you're actually in that turning phase, right, from the sleeping or dreamless sleep state possibly you know into the waking state and you're in that turn and then at night you're getting ready for bed again and again you're turning down the sheets and you're actually turning your own awareness sort of down um between activities here's something really funny literally like you'll often like finish an activity and like you turn around and go to your next activity um you know you you drive to work uh, and you park, and then you get out of the car and turn to go to work. And the amount of awareness you bring to those in-between spaces is very uh, indicative of what you will arrive at those spaces with. When you drive home from work, for example, or you have that transitional space and you really use it consciously, when you get home, you really get home. You're home. You're not still carrying work with you, for example. And so I wanted to give you this little perspective on this practice because use it on your cushion. We did that tonight, but notice in your life, 
where are the turns you know in your day and how do you maintain awareness through those thousand turns we make a day through each activity um, for example and next week when we get together for the creative consciousness class the writing class i'm going to revisit this concept i'm going to very briefly um like how this go in your life how to go in the cushion five minutes or less a recap and then we're going to have an extended free write about it and then be able to share um, so I just want to plant that seed that I'm trying to use the content from this class to feed our next class. And so um, enjoy it. See how it goes. I look forward to hearing from you and tune in next week where Marce- Marcella and myself will be um, sort of guiding that pre-writing experience. So thanks, everyone. Namaste.